Welcome to the Alcal a low carb ancestral living podcast. I'm your host Pim Johnson, and each week I'm bringing you new guests who will share their opinions and expertise on different topics related to health and well-being. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to the Alcal podcast, low carb ancestral living with Pim Johnson. This week I decided to do this on my own rather than interviewing someone. So the reason that I decided to do this is that I haven't released any material in a very long time about how to quit sugar or deal with cravings. And it's not because no one is struggling with it anymore, but it's simply because I've done other things and dedicated the podcast and my YouTube channel mainly to doing interviews with other experts. So what I want to talk about today is cravings, why we have them and how they work and how we can get rid of them or rather what what to do about them because they will probably always be there for most of us in some sort of form so i'm not saying that they're going to feel the way they feel right now but you're still going to think about foods that you might not necessarily want to eat every now and then so there are many tips out there on the internet i've seen all sorts of things some of them legit some of them completely crazy i've seen things like eat frozen strawberries, chew on ice cubes, drink water, and so on. I'm not saying that these things can't work for some people. They certainly will. But I do want to, I mean, I, I personally, I don't want to be constantly drinking water or chewing on strawberries. That's not how I want to spend my day because that is just as disruptive to my life as thinking about a bar of chocolate and going to get a chocolate or whatever it is. So. I want a life where I don't have to obsessively think about these things and have those cravings 24/7. So that's the whole point of doing this at least for me. So depending if if you're happy to eat strawberries all day long fine go for it. That's the lazy way of doing it because then you're not doing the work. You're just transferring your cravings from chocolate to strawberries and they will continue to be there. You're not going to get rid of them that way. So what I want to suggest if you kind of want that quietness in your mind and the ability to focus and actually think about other things maybe you want to consider doing something different and address the root cause rather than substituting with something else that you think is less detrimental to your health so let's just start with why we have cravings so you might if you if you're new to this channel or this podcast you probably haven't heard me talk about it but if you are a long-time listener you probably have heard me talk about this before but it's very easy to forget that and you know think that there's something wrong with me or with you in this case because you can't get rid of the cravings and that's not the case cravings are there for a reason and they serve a very specific purpose and that purpose is to teach you what foods are beneficial to your survival right this is not applicable in our current society because you can get food anywhere any type of food you can just go and get it if you have some money so when that wasn't around sugary foods or foods high in calories or whatever they will taste good to you and your brain will get its little notebook out and it will record every single thing that you eat that tastes really good and gives you a good um, response and that it thinks contains a lot of calories a lot of fat a lot of sugar whatever it is because all of those things would increase your survival because food 
was scarce. And if you couldn't find enough food, you would die. So anything that you can actually use is good. As opposed to chewing on some sort of root that is mostly cellulose, we don't think that that tastes very nice because it's not giving us a lot of energy or nutrients. So we wouldn't necessarily go and get addicted to roots of any kind. And I'm not talking about potatoes, etc., because they're tubers, and that's a totally different thing. Anyhow, it will get the little notebook out, and it will start taking down the details, every single detail. They will take down what it tastes like, what they look like, where you found it, where you were when you ate it, everything that your brain can think of. Even if you are not aware of it, your brain would register all of these things when you're eating a, some type of food that will give you a reward that will taste nice to you. So what you need to know is that the next time that you either see this food, you might smell the food, or you are where you ate this food the very first time, or where you found it the very first time, your brain will send a signal straight away, and that signal is what we would call a trigger. And that trigger will get you to have this craving. It will remind you about this food that you ate in this situation the last time. Or that you can smell because you know, oh, that was really good for me. Where is it? I can smell it. I know it's somewhere. And I need to get my hands on it and eat it. So that's how the cravings actually work. And obviously... They were there for your survival. So evolutionary individuals that did not automatically um, have this behavior were much more likely to starve to death. Because if they were digging up, let's say, potatoes or they found lots of blackberries at a specific location in the woods and they couldn't remember where that was, obviously they would be much more at risk of not getting enough energy and then starve to death than someone... (laughs) that compulsively just remembered exactly where these blackberries were and would be able to walk back to that exactly same spot the next time. So, guess whose genes you inherited? Yeah, so this is just an inherited uh, trait that everyone has, or most people have. It's stronger in some people than it is in other people, like with most things, but most of us have it to some degree. So, The way this works is that it works via, we call it neural pathways in the brain. So what I just mentioned, like the smell or the place or whatever, that that is the trigger. And the trigger will get you to have a craving for that food, okay? And then you will just respond by trying to get your hands on that food and eat it because you have that craving. So these will always go together, and that is what uh, we call a habit loop. If you don't react to the craving, you would be really, really uncomfortable because you haven't completed this habit loop. So these three things are supposed to go together, and every time you do it, this habit loop or the neural pathway in your brain, it will get stronger every single time. So whenever you want to break it, your brain is going to be like, hello, There is something wrong here, error, what's happening. This cannot be happening. We need to continue finishing this habit loop. And if you don't, I'm going to make you feel really, really uncomfortable until you do so that we get that food that was really beneficial to us. So that's how it works. 
And that is why when you don't respond to a craving, you might not have words for what is happening or why you feel so uncomfortable. But you will just, some people just feel like their whole skin is crawling. They just need to go and do it. It feels compulsive. And that is a natural reaction. Unfortunately, that is how our bodies work. And it did have a purpose, but it doesn't anymore because now we are eating foods that we're not meant to be eating foods that are fake foods and they are artificial this and artificial that and process this and process that so they will give us a much stronger signal of pleasure that any natural food would do so we just go over the top with it and we want to eat more and more of it and we want to eat it all the time and that's how we kind of get into this and we get addicted to in my case sugar but for some other people might be potato chips or whatever it is Usually it's some type of processed food. It's never, I have never met anyone that is addicted to steak or chicken breasts or whatever. Sometimes some people feel like they are addicted to cheese and there is um, the casein in there can form caseomorphin and which can actually be addictive, like properly addictive in your body. So that that might be the case and that's probably the only natural food that I can think of that would be um, a bit addictive. But I'm saying natural. Cheese is actually processed to some degree. So it's still a processed food. Anyhow, so when you're aware of this habit loop, you it might be a lot easier for you to kind of connect the two and start thinking and using the rational part of your brain to think, Hey, I feel this uncomfortable because I'm interrupting my own habit loop and that's okay. I can feel uncomfortable. There's nothing wrong with it. And that way you might be able to stop it. Most people would probably need a little bit more than that. But the thing is that every single time that you are following through with this habit loop, it just gets stronger. So the urge to follow through the next time is going to be stronger than it was the previous time over and over again so for us that have been doing that for many many years it might take quite some time to retrain your brain but even more than time what it takes is awareness so if you are purposefully paying attention to when this happens and you are working on it to not follow through on this habit loop consciously every single time it doesn't have to take as long as it might do for someone who's kind of doing it a little bit half-assed so it's all about how much awareness you're putting into it and how much priority you're putting on um, your habit of not following through so just an example, whenever you are, it works on both humans, it works on animals. So, I mean, I've trained my dogs that way. If I tell them to sit, they will sit because I have taught them to do it. I tell them to sit. When they do, I give them a treat. They get the treat, which gives them a reward up in the brain, and their habit loop is complete. So the trigger in this case would be me saying sit. And then they know, oh, I have to do this. Then I will get my reward. They get the reward and the brain is just flooding with dopamine and they feel really good. And you might have been trained this way. And 
maybe your parents told you that you can't have your dessert unless you finish your dinner. Then you would have thought that every day you finish your dinner, you will have dessert. And that would feel good. And that is your reward. I didn't grow up in a house that did this. However, I always, I say always, but maybe from in my early 20s or whatever, after I left, uh, left home, every time I finished my dinner, I always wanted something sweet. It, my meal never felt complete unless I had had something sweet, even though I hadn't actually been trained to do this. I mean, sometimes I had dessert, but it wasn't a habit. So just watch out for those little things. Or it might be that your parents just said, if you were upset, they said, oh, don't be sad, have some ice cream. So you associate ice cream with feeling better. So whenever you're sad as an adult, you will want to go and get ice cream because you know it's going to feel better. It makes sense. There's nothing strange about it. That's how our brains work. But you need to be aware of it to be able to break this habit loop. So whatever it is, we are <laughs> we're a very food-motivated society. And most of us reward ourselves with food in some shape or form. And... We don't really know how to reward ourselves with other things than food. Like, it doesn't feel like a reward. Sometimes I say, like, go and get a massage. Yeah, well, it doesn't feel like a reward. Or go just have a nice hot bubble bath or whatever. But it doesn't feel like a reward. And the reason for that is that the amount of dopamine in your brain, the one of the chemical signals that will make you feel pleasure, is much, much lower than it would be if you ate a bucket of ice cream. So when you have a bucket of ice cream, you will get this massive response. But when you are doing something else that is nice, you will just get, you know, a normal response. And that should be enough to make you feel pleasure from doing this activity. And it would be normally, but your brain is so fucked up from all the sugar and all the processed foods that you keep putting in that it has down-regulated the receptors, so the signal that you get, the pleasure that you get, is not anything near what it should be for the amount of whatever it is that you're doing. That's why you need to abstain from doing these things for a period of time to upregulate those receptors again before you can feel joy and pleasure from other things in life. So don't give up on early rewards. Just know that in the beginning they might not feel as rewards. It might not feel rewarding because you cannot, the signal is not going through. It's like someone has closed the gate and they're not letting them through and just a few of them can sneak under the gate or whatever. So we can't just swap ice cream for strawberries, or you can if you want, but you might end up just eating a lot of strawberries and then you're thinking about those strawberries all day long until you're so fed up with eating strawberries that you would say, oh, fuck it, I'm going to eat five buckets of ice cream now and that's going to feel great. And then you go and eat five buckets of ice cream and you feel immense relief. It's just like all this tension that's built up over the last two months when you've been eating strawberries is just gone. And this is really dangerous because this will create a different, another neural pathway in your brain. So this neural pathway is more like when you have been deprived for a very long period of time, when I'm at the breaking point, when I can't cope anymore, five buckets of ice cream will solve all my problems and give relief. 
So the next time you're trying to do this, because you're like, the strawberry thing actually did work, so I'm going to try it again, you're going to do the same thing again, most likely. But this time, your receptors might not be as good as they were last time, depending on how long you go with your strawberries. So five buckets of ice cream might not be enough. You might have to have six. And that's how we build up tolerance. We just need more and more of whatever it is that we do. So this isn't really sustainable. I'm not saying that it won't work for you. Know, for you. It might. I just don't think it's a good idea for most people. So what I suggest that you do is that you learn to just accept having those cravings. It's part of your biology. You are working the way that you're supposed to work. Your body is perfect by design. This has a purpose. Unfortunately, it's a little bit obsolete, but that doesn't really matter. You will always have these cravings in some sort of form. Nowadays, they, for me, they have turned into more like fleeting thoughts. So before they were like, you need to go and check the cupboard and find some chocolate or whatever. Now it's like, oh, chocolate, and then it's gone. I just have mental pictures of chocolate, and I'm like, mm, that would be good, and then it's gone. So they never stay, and they don't push, and I don't have to kind of work with them anymore. They more or less just disappear on their own. Sometimes it's different, but most of the time they're just kind of passing through. So they're not clogging up my brain all day long, because I used to have this, oh my God, I really want this or I want that. And then my brain would just be thinking about this while I was trying to do something different. And, you know, multitasking, yes, I'm a woman, but you're not going to be able to focus on anything really well if you're also at the same time going to have to think about those cravings and what you want to eat later. How are you going to get that food? How much you actually have at home? Do you need to go and shop? Whatever you need to do. All of these thoughts, they just, they just hi hijack your brain. They pretty much destroy your capacity of doing anything in life because you're so focused on the next food fix. So the key is to, you just need to learn how to process a craving, which is an emotion. So you need to learn how to process this emotion. And then you just let that craving be there without responding to it. That's all you have to do. Whatever it is that that craving urges you to do, don't, don't do it. But don't fight it. Like, just like, hey, I know you're there and that's okay. As I said, most days I, I have cravings. I still have cravings. But for the most part, they are not an issue. They it's just like, they float by. And the thing is that now when they come by, it's like chocolate, okay. But I'm completely emotionally detached from them my emotions are not involved i don't feel this compulsion to go and get it which is nice so i can see it for what it is and it's just a thought that i have about chocolate or ice cream and then i decide that it's not an issue because i actually don't want ice cream or chocolate because i know that those foods are going to make me feel pretty bad and i do not want to feel that way and if i just go and eat it I'm more likely to do it again tomorrow and the day after and then just snowballs from there and then I have to drag myself up and go through all of this again. And that is a pain in my butt, literally. It's not something that I want to be doing because then I wasted another three weeks of my life where I can't feel like I feel now. Like, great, 
Yeah. So some people may have cravings simply because of their food choices, which might affect their hormones and their gut microbiome, etc. And if that's you, you are in luck because as soon as you change your diet to a more appropriate diet for you, your cravings will just go away without you having to do any of this work that I've talked about. So if that is you, I envy you. That is so great. That's really, really good news because you only have to change your diet. And that's not the case for me. I and I don't think that is true sugar addiction. So that that's the brilliant part for you. It's more of a um, nutritional problem and not what I'm actually talking about today. But if you think that this is a problem and you want to get some help with that, you can just reach out to me or email me or whatever, or head over to Patreon and sign up for a monthly nutrition consult with me. Ask questions in the comments, etc., and I will try to help you. It's fine. But just going back to the emotional stuff, if you are anything like me, because I used to eat every time I felt like I have to work, but I don't really know what to do, or I don't want to do this, or I'm bored, I will go and look for food. So it's an emotional problem for me. I just need to deal with these these feelings of feeling um, boredom or confusion or whatever it is. Um, and processing emotions is not something that comes natural to most people, definitely not to me. So the reason for that, I think, is because no one has ever taught me how to do this. We we don't get taught how to do this in school. No one is ever talking about it. As a matter of fact, in fact, I didn't even know that this was an option. It might sound really stupid, and I'm not kidding, but I thought that cravings were just there to let me know that I needed this thing. And then, of course, since I feel like I need this thing, I need to go and get it. And if I didn't, it would literally drive me crazy. I would try to start distract myself and do something else. Um, most of the time, I would probably go and try to eat something else that was a little bit more healthy, but hoping that it would hit the spot. Often, I wouldn't just end up eating that thing. I would just, it would just keep building up that craving. And I would just go and eat the sugary thing on top of what I just ate to try to avoid eating that thing. So I would just end up eating more of, you know, more food or whatever. Usually it wasn't food or kind of like a fruit salad or something else that is sweet, but supposedly healthy. And we can debate that. I don't really think that fruit salad is healthy, but at the time, like 20 years ago, I did think that that was probably healthy. So then I would eat sugar and then I would eat more sugar on top of that because I tried to avoid eating sugar in the first place. So what is just happening is that I would eat more sugar than I would have if I had just responded to that craving straight away. So th that was a process that just completely failed for me. So the key is to process your emotions. Accept that they are there. Let them be there. Don't argue with them. It's like, hey, I know that you are there and I know what you're trying to get me to do, but I don't want to do that. Okay, so and when you're not doing what they do, one of two things will usually happen. <laughs> they will either go away, which they do pretty automatically for me right now, most of the time, not every time, or they will double down on their effort and try to get you to react. And when they do this, you just say, hey, I know that you're there. You can acknowledge that the, the, the craving is there because it's not going to go away. You may as well just look at it. 
right, I see you and I hear you. And then you can be curious about what the heck is going on. Isn't it just amazing how our brains can behave in such a way to make us feel so bloody uncomfortable in order to try to get us to eat this thing? I mean, I find it fascinating because all it is is some neural pathways up in my brain. Primitive brain is doing things to me and it makes me feel so uncomfortable and so like wants me to be on autopilot. But I want to be in control. So I'm just going to say, hey, thank you. I hear you. I, I hear that you want me to eat ice cream, but I don't want to because I'm going to take care of myself today. I don't want what is following that because that is not what actually gives me real pleasure long term. So there's no drama. It's just acknowledgement. And then I move on with life. And that's how you do this sustainably. Yeah. So you reprogram your brain to respond to cravings this way by doing nothing and allowing the feeling to be there, the craving. And when you do that, they will become less strong and they will start to uh, appear less often as well. And this can actually go really quickly. It might be a couple of days, might just be one day, might be a week. But this can actually this change can happen really, really quickly. And then you can start focusing your time and your energy on other things that actually matter. Things that you want to do, projects, dreams that you have, whatever it is. Because your brain has just freed up a whole lot of space where you can do things that you want to do instead of compulsively thinking about the food. I get shit done when I'm not thinking about food every, like all the time. My productivity skyrockets compared to when I'm a slave to the cravings, when I'm thinking about food 24-7. And it's just um, it's just the ma- most amazing feeling ever. I can't really describe it, but it just feels light and it feels right. It feels like I'm invincible somewhat, that I can do anything now because I have control of my brain and I never used to have control of my brain that way. So this is what I wanted to share with you today. And if you want to learn more, there are a few ways that you can do this. So first of all, I have decided to create a bunch of short videos with tips on how to quit sugar or processed foods. And I will release these in between my regular interviews, but they will only be available on YouTube or TikTok. I'm going to try start a TikTok account. So if you're listening to the podcast version and you want to get hold of those short tips you will have to head over to either tiktok or youtube and i'm going to post the links in the show notes so you can find it easily if you find these short videos helpful i will continue making them i just need things to talk about and see what sort of help you need and try to do whatever it is that you need the most and if you're someone who likes community i do have a facebook group called Life Without Cravings, which is very supportive. We have, I don't even know how many, maybe 2,000 even, or maybe slightly less, I don't know, people in there. And if you're struggling with anything, just post it in there and someone will be there and support you. If it's not me, it will be one of my admins or it will be another member. So there are a core of people in there that are very active and supportive and they will just welcome you and help you with whatever it is that you need help with. If you have any other questions, you can either send me a private message or leave me a comment. 
whatever it is that you need and I will try my best to help you. So that was that. Thank you so much for listening or watching wherever you are and we will speak again next week. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the LCAL podcast. If you like the show and you want to support the show, you can do so by sharing it with anyone who you think may benefit from listening to it. Or if you're so inclined, you can make a donation over at PayPal or at Patreon and you will find the links in the description. Have an awesome day.